Well, we've all heard them, uh, lots of them, and sometimes these things even get stuck in our head in a way that, that drives us nuts. And despite this, sometimes they bring us delight or even a smile. And what I'm talking about are jingles. From one source, a jingle is defined as a short song or a tune used in advertising for commercial purposes. They are a form of branding. Here's one well-known example. Thank you, that was enough of that one. <laughs> uh, decades ago, speaking of another one, I happened to work for Beacon's moving and storage company for a job, a summer job, moving furniture. And to get the job, I had to join the Teamsters Union, and boy, it was hard work that summer. Some of the fellows were a bit rough around the ed edges, although most of them had a fun sense of humor, mostly at my expense. But I, along with the other movers at the time, had to wear a t-shirt that had a brand new Beacon slogan on it. That slogan read, Beacon's men are careful, quick, and kind. Beacon's men take a load off of your mind. You can imagine some of the jokes that went around from, from that one. <laughs> well, aside from that, many of us remember the mascot and the jingle used long ago from the all-purpose cleaner named Mr. Clean. Remember the image of the fellow, it's up on your screens, muscular, bald, well-tanned, a, a smile with, a, with an earring. And that image and the jingle that went along with it were created actually in the 1950s. And here's some of the lyrics from that jingle from the 50s. Can he clean a kitchen sink? Quicker than a wink. Can he clean a window sash? Quicker than a flash. Can he clean a dirty mirror? He'll make it bright and clear, and on and on and on. Well, I like things to be clean. I'm not obsessive about it in any way, but I like dusted furniture, and I like to wash dishes and scrub sinks, and I like it when the mirrors are, are clean and rubbed off. But it's not like I want everything in its place all the time. I'm not obsessive in that way. It just feels better to me when, when things are clean. That said, there's another kind of clean that I've come to appreciate over the years. It's a special kind of clean that, that leaves me with a sense of relief, release peace and joy, a kind of clean that, that gives me a feeling of a fresh start or a new beginning or another chance, and the kind of clean that makes me feel like, for a moment at least, that I'm showing up in the world in the way that God wants me to show up, this other kind of clean has everything to do with the coming clean of repentance. Now this morning I want to spend some time with the idea of repentance. First, acknowledging that the word repentance itself might carry some baggage for some of you because you may have had life experiences being beat up by somebody in a church telling you you need to repent. But when you get right down to it, repentance has a lot more to do with who we are than who we are not. It has a lot more to do with love than the guilt associated with falling short. It has a lot more to do with joy than the self-loathing we sometimes feel when we make a big mistake has a heck of a lot more to do with forgiveness than blame. Repentance, you see, is something that can give us a new lease on life. The opportunity to, to turn something around can help us move more fully into who we are meant to be. 
and can help us make a needed change from the inside out. In some ways, when we repent, it's like inviting Mr. Clean into our lives. And when we work through the process of repentance and come clean with God, ourselves, and others, we not only feel so much better, but who we are, we get in touch with who we are and who God really made us to be. Well, this morning, as we enter the second week of Advent, I uh, want to get into the subject of repentance. And Advent, you know, is the season in which we prepare for the birth of Jesus. And Advent is a time of anticipation, but it's also a time of reorienting our lives, a time of getting closer to Jesus. And traditionally, there are a variety of themes that are central to what Advent is about. And repentance has been a theme of Advent for centuries. So with this in mind, let's take a look at repentance, what it is, what it's not, and what it, what it can bring about in our lives and in the lives of other people. Well, the first thing we need is a definition. And the English word repent comes from Hebrew and Greek words that literally mean to turn, to literally turn around, to have a change of heart, to have a change of mind, to change directions, to let go of a way of thinking or acting, to release a way of looking at something or someone. Ultimately, however, repentance means to turn ourselves back to God, to reorient ourselves to God. Repentance means to change our purpose in life from being all about ourselves to being about God. It means to get in alignment with God, to leave behind attitudes and values and actions that are not consistent with the love of God to shed the stuff that gets in the way with our relationship with Jesus. It is a radical surrender to God. It is a turning away from sin, sin, those thoughts and feelings and actions that cause us to stray from what God has in mind for our lives. Now, this theme of repentance is throughout Scripture, from the beginning of the Old Testament all the way out through the New. Jesus spoke about repentance over and over. In the Gospel of Matthew, for example, Jesus says, repent. Turn back to God, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus was saying, change your life and get back to God, because God is, is with you and around you right now. And Jesus also made it clear that everyone is in need of repentance, because everyone has stuff or issues and more specifically sin to deal with. He said that we all stray from God at times, and he knew that when we stray, we end up feeling badly, guilty, or we do things we wouldn't normally do. Jesus understood that all of us, that everybody deserves a fresh start and a chance for a new beginning and the opportunity to turn something around. Here's what Paul writes in his letter to Rome, people living in Rome about repentance. He says, some of you or some people are in a downward spiral, downward dark spiral. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground where you can point your finger at other people, think again. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. Paul writes, it takes one to know one. <laughs> he goes on to write, judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection of your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. Paul's point. Jesus' point, repentance has nothing to do with judging others or pointing fingers. It's also not about being judgmental toward ourselves. 
Instead, as Paul writes in essence, repentance is all about dealing with ourselves and our own stuff and our own sin in a constructive, healthy, loving way that leads us closer to God and new beginnings. It's also important to say that repentance is not about a response to getting caught or dealing with ultimatums. And while turning to God sometimes happens because we get caught in doing something we should not be doing or because somebody else has had it with us, ultimately repentance or turning back to God has to come from within ourselves, deep down deep from who we are. Repentance is an inside thing, not something that can be forced by someone or something outside of ourselves. It has to start and come from within us. And we certainly don't have to wait to repent until something bad happens. Repentance is something we can choose. It's voluntary. And if it's sincere, it means we have made a volitional choice to repent and accept God's continuing invitation to turn something around. Having said all of this, repentance is hard. It's hard work. Changing something, turning back to God, shedding stuff that gets in the way with our relationship with God and others can really be hard. Ingrained ways of thinking or approaching things are not easy to turn away from. A lot of people struggle with repentance. Most of us do. Now, our reading today is from Luke. It's about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a fellow that is found in all four Gospels. John's calling in life was to prepare people for the arrival of Jesus, the long-expected Messiah, who would set everything right at a time when everything was wrong. And when John baptized people by dunking them in the river, it served as a ritual cleansing. It was a symbol of, of washing away from a person all that got in the way with a relationship with God. John believed that people needed to be cleansed, to be washed, to repent, to get ready for the coming of the Messiah. And John's Baptist, John the Baptist's baptism in the river served as a symbol of repentance and turning back to God. And yes, John clearly preached that there would be consequences for those who did not repent and get their lives in alignment with God. He knew, and many of us have experienced, the pain, the heartache, the guilt, the self-loathing that comes when we turn from God and the love of God in our thinking and our actions. Well, as we think about John the Baptist being dunk, dunking people in the river, it's important to ask how we repent now in our own day. And while I don't want to give you a prescribed formula, I'd like to share just some of the critical components of what meaningful repentance entails. Repentance has to start with and begins with taking a close look at ourselves, looking in the mirror. It begins with an honest self-assessment by asking ourselves how and what ways we need to turn back to God, by looking at how we've strayed from God and what ways we are not paying attention to God, what it is that's not in alignment with God, what needs to change and why, what's getting in the way of living the life God has in mind for us. Where are we experiencing pain and hurt in life that might be coming, at least in part, from not putting God first? It's also clear that repentance is not a one-shot deal. When John said, repent, it was a word that means keep on repenting. Repenting is not something we do once and forget about. It's ongoing. 
Repentance is, in fact, a way of living, a way of being day in and day out. And when we take on repentance as part of our life, God will often point out areas we need to work on, and by doing so, invite us to new ways of being day in and day out. See, God calls us to repentance over and over and over again. God knows it's our way to stray from God. And again, this is not God's way of saying, you're rotten. Rather, it's God's invitation to us to come back to God, to turn something around. Repentance is not about taking a guilt trip. It's not about beating ourselves up. It's about being honest with ourselves, stripping away our defenses. Truth-telling is hard, but it's fundamental to repentance. Repentance, however, is not only about being straight with ourselves, but with God. It's about telling God what it is we see about ourselves, how we want to change, what we believe is getting in the way of being closer with God. And the big word for this is confession. Confession simply means being straight and getting real with God, telling God the truth, coming clean with God. And remember that part of confession is not only asking God for forgiveness, but fully accepting the forgiveness that God offers all of us. Well, aside from being straight with God and ourselves and asking for and accepting repentance, meaningful repentance might include rectifying a situation. It might mean stopping a behavior. It might, mean, it might include making amends with another person or making something that is wrong right. It may include an apology to another person. Rectifying the situation means setting things straight with ourselves, with others, and with God. And while key ingredients of meaningful repentance include honest self-assessment, being straight with others and God, asking for and accepting forgiveness and making things right with ourselves and others, and understanding that repentance is an ongoing deal. Repentance is fundamentally about the great news that we can always, always begin again and start anew, especially when it comes to our relationship with God, others, and ourselves. John the Baptist, when he dunked people in the river, was helping people turn back to God, to turn their lives around in a new direction. John was not baptizing folks in the river so they would feel chastised or useless, but rather quite the opposite. John wanted people along the banks of the Jordan River, and John and God especially wants for us now, wants for us to know that when we turn back to God, when we repent, no matter what has happened before, we can begin anew and start anew with God anytime. That when we go to God and repent, it's as if our old selves go away and a new self rises up. Repentance is all about God's continual invitation to you and to me for a new beginning, a new start, a new chapter, a new day, regardless of what prior moments, weeks, or even years of our lives have looked like. In closing, I want to share these brief thoughts with you. We are all created by God. We are all loved and adored and cherished by God beyond our ability to understand. Perfection, seeking perfection, does not make any room for love in our lives. Imperfection does. So 
so thank God we are all imperfect. God has given us free will as love demands that we come to love God, others, and ourselves by choice, by our own free will. And because we have free will, every one of us makes mistakes. Every one of us. But rather than viewing this as a big bummer, perhaps we can reframe our mistakes and imperfections as opportunities to get closer to God, to come to understand ourselves more deeply, and to grow into deeper, authentic levels of intimacy with other people. When we admit our mistakes to God, when we tell the truth to others, when we're willing to look into the mirror and get real, when we confess, when we seek to turn things around, it's then that we are freed. It's then that we encounter the love and forgiveness of God. It's then that every day becomes a new day. And the more we are willing to make confession and repentance part of our lives, the closer we will feel with God, with others, and the more fully we will become who God has envisioned each of us to be. You know, as I think about it, living in a repentant way, making repentance part of our lives, can be such an incredibly loving way to show up in the world. You see, when we make repentance our way, it helps to invite other people to make repentance their way. And the more we do this, we can love each other more fully because we come to realize that none of us is perfect and that God never intended us to be perfect to begin with. And so when we live in a repentant way, and invite others into a repentant way of living. It is there in that place of imperfection that love towards self, towards others, and toward God can really happen. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious.